This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I had my one idiot picked out, and then we got here to this morning, and... We, me and Casey are walking in the building. And you TJ, can't, this is nothing. There's way bigger idiot. idiot. You're an idiot. I didn't do so, anything but type the code so in. So TJ's at the gate. You, this is before you got here. TJ's parked at the gate. So then I see him <laughs> reach out. We have a little gate code thing. So TJ's punching numbers in. The gate opens. TJ rolls in and then stops and says, what the hell's the gate code? And I said, what the hell did you just type in the keypad? Like, but there was, <laughs> in defense here, I typed the gate code in and nothing happened. And it was like. Well, something happened. You got you in. You obviously but it, got in. You but it was like. Was remote controlling because you. it was so late. Like, I hit it and it was like, I even typed it Cold in. Cold out. Maybe I tried a different number because I'm like, did I type the wrong? I tried the uh, last digit I changed. And I'm like, did I hit the wrong button? And then it like, it even delayed after that. And it, then it just opened up. So I thought somebody here was hitting a button or something. The following is a production of Dirty Mo Media. North, bumper, clear. Clear by two, priest really shallow entry. North, bumper, clear. Hey everybody, I'm TJ Majors, part of the Six Cup car. Had the uh, O2 truck this weekend, and it was uh, a very busy weekend. You had a very busy weekend. Very busy week. <laughs> What's up, Freddie Kraft Potter from Bubba Wallace. I had Stephen Parsons in the 20 this weekend. I had a very short night on Saturday night and a long night last night. What's up, Casey? Hey, hey, Casey Boat here. And I think we are joined by a special guest since Brett decided not to show up this week. Yeah, literally decided. I mean, he tweeted out that he was mm-hmm. made, trying to decide if he should come this week, and clearly he's not here. So I guess that's what his, his, his care level Priorities. shows. Right? Priorities you know, are straight. He decided not to come this week. Uh, but we have filling in for him a buddy of mine, Chris Lambert. What's up, everybody? I am Chris Lambert and spotter for the 11 Cup car for Denny Hamlin, and I'm doing the 24 truck this year for Raja Karuth. Raja. How'd Raja do the other night? I didn't even pay attention. He did really well. We uh, up and down, learning as we went, but um, ended up with an 11th place finish, so uh, learned all night and um, getting better. I know I know. one of your guys is a complete headache. You already mentioned him. Uh, what is Raja work to look uh, <laughs> like to work with? I see, you know, we talk about all the time, Raja is on the roof as much as we are, essentially. Like, if he's not on the racetrack half the time, he's on the roof with us. We'll ask a thousand questions during the race about, he'll be talking to you, me, Herm, whoever he can get his hands on, just to learn as much as he can. And, and I think he's a very talented race car driver, obviously. But just to see the work ethic he has to, to learn and get better. But what's it like just working directly with him? Um, it's a lot. He um, he keeps me on my toes, <laughs> texts me at one or two in the morning when he's got stuff going on or watching film. But um, it's been fun. He he works hard at it. He wants to learn. He doesn't ask um, what I call dumb questions because any question is a good question. But um, it's been good. He uh, he has a lot to learn. This is only his third year racing in a, in a full-time car, full-size car. But um, he's... Um, He's good. He's, uh, he's, he's got a lot of talent and just got to figure out how to get his racecraft down. Was he in the truck yesterday when they were packing the track? He was. He spun out, spotting for him. 
it's funny because I didn't know we were doing that. And I told um, I told Sako when I got to the roof, I said, I need to put a radio on that way I can send him an invoice and tell him that I was on the roof for it. So. <laughs> at, uh, at one point, I think he needed you because I saw him backwards down in turn one and two. Yeah, <laughs> well, I saw that. Twice. 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 I, didn't, I didn't watch the whole Just thing. making twice. sure the track was good. Uh, yeah. You had an eventful night last night. Backwards at least twice. <laughs> I don't Maybe more. It might have been three. I don't remember. It was at least twice. So... <laughs> Luckily, I mean, somehow the car is like in one piece, like doesn't have any damage on yeah, it. Mine's not. Yours is not. Well, that's because you, like, when I saw you having some trouble, you were normally wedged into the fence or, you know, scraping the wall. Um, yeah, we never, I'm not sure we ran the high side enough to, to hit the wall. So that's the, um, the, the, it's, it's, if, like, you can tell the guys that are dirt guys, and even the dirt guys get into it a lot, but, when our guys that don't run dirt and haven't run it a lot in the past, when they try to do things that comes natural to the dirt guys, it's not um, doesn't always work out that well. We 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 went in there on the high side one time, and it was we weren't really on the high side. We were almost there, but it was where it was slick. And as soon as he pitched it in the corner, I was like, "That's gonna be slick, right? Oh, hold both yeah. right." <laughs> yeah. yeah, you could see if you missed it by a foot. It was. Oh, we missed about it like was, five. That yeah, point. but I'm just saying, like, even if you just a little bit, if you were yeah. instead of in being in the the lighter brown dirt versus the darker slicked off section, it was it was a half a second lap time. You know, it was big difference, a huge difference, and that was where the the difference to me. You could see the guys and why we saw six quote unquote dirt guys finishing the top six was there was a very thin cushion up top, and they could just run it better than everybody else. We were kind of we had to be kind of committed to the bottom pretty much yeah. all night, middle to the bottom, because we just couldn't make the same speed that they could up there, whether it was Carr or, or Bubba or whatnot. But, you know, it was we were kind of committed to one lane, and they could just go up there and, and find time and, and kind of drive around you if they needed to. But, yeah, we had a we had a spin early. Bubba used his mulligan up on Master Sunday pretty early in that one. Yeah. But luckily we uh, rebounded, came back finally, a somewhat clean race after that. I was in that one, too. We tie yeah. Uh, Logano, as easy as Logano's night was on Saturday night, like he didn't have to it do that. He didn't break a sweat. The night yeah. the next day, he had every wreck. And I kept looking at Coleman and laughing because, obviously, we spun out. We were 90% of the way around and kind of dragged him with us. Yeah. And that was his first wreck. And then right after that, I think it was the 51 spun out in front of him, and he was in the fence again. And then I think it was the 99 spun out in front of him, and that was the end of his day. And I just yeah. looked at Coleman every time. I was like, What'd you? I guess he used up all of his luck last night because he didn't do anything on Saturday night. He just That's what it was around. like, though. I don't think you were ever back that far. I, I got it back to about 15, 17. Yeah, he was so back there a little bit. Like, yeah. there, and at times, and I know we're going to talk about it, but we would we would get some track position, and we would get in front of, like, the back you know what i mean like we were we made our way through that but then there would be a wreck in front of us and it would be right in front of us and we'd have to lift and barely miss it well the guys behind us weren't lifting keep digging and we lose four spots just no like caution. that yeah and we would lose four spots and then we would never would take us another run to get them back um we did that probably three four times so it was it was tough like yeah. it was tough sledding back there, literally sledding. Speaking <laughs> of speaking of that truck race, I did try to get the winning spotter of that truck race to come join us today, Blaney. Uh, he had some other stuff. He, first, he was going to get back late. And I know he's not much of a morning person to begin with, probably. So uh, <laughs> he's got that. He's got some meetings clock. at eleven. He said he'll come on here eventually. We just got to work the timing out. But we talk about it on here all the time. Like it's easy to fa spot for fast race cars. I think all he said all night was restarts on you, and then, then like that was yeah. pretty much the rest. <clears> of the, that's all he had to do the rest of the night. Joey and and. Like you said, Joey didn't even break a sweat. All he did was lift the flag, sand, and roll around the bottom. And he just, he's good at it. He didn't overdrive. Yeah. He didn't 
Um, he, I mean, he knew what he was doing. Yeah, that truck, the truck race, I think probably suffered a little bit from uh, the racetrack had a lot of laps on it. You know, you, you do a, a couple hot lap sessions, you do four heats for each series at 15 laps each, then you do a 150 lap feature. The track was kind of worn out and, and I shouldn't say worn out, but you know, it was slicked off and it was hard to pass. And like you saw that, I think it was the first time in history that in this, or in this stage history that the first the top three were the same for every stage and finish. So obviously that tells you right there, wasn't a great race. There was not a lot of passing, um, a lot of cautions. We got wrecked early, just kind of Stefan had nowhere to go. Somebody spun from the top and we slid into it. Um, but it was it was an interesting race. I thought the cup race was pretty good. You know, I, I you know for for what it is, I thought it was a decent race up front. The guys you could tell, like I said earlier, the dirt guys kind of showed out a little bit, and they they were the guys that put on a show up front. Where the rest of us were kind of all three wide fighting for our lives, mid pack yeah. and back. Um, yeah. But I, you know, race wise, I thought it was pretty good. We if we were run tenth, we probably could have ran tenth. There's the dirt guys, and then the rest yeah, of us. We could. <laughs> well, you, you got up there a couple we times. We got track position, <laughs> staying out, restarted seventh, went to ninth, went to twelfth, and spun out. <laughs> well, that's because Danny would always, every time I look at Danny, he would be run, he'd always just try to sling it around the high side, and every time he tried to get up top, it, he'd run a few good laps, and it was like, uh oh, now I'm gonna kill the right side again. Yeah, <laughs> so. we, uh, it wasn't fun. It was um, a long night, but I thought the race overall was was really good compared to the past years, especially watching the quote-unquote dirt guys get up there and just rip the lip i mean it was it was fun to watch yeah the first year i thought was was pretty bad you know the first year kind of ran like a concrete race eventually yeah. like everything kind of just yeah. went back to normal the track was needed. in really good shape yeah i thought the track i mean it yeah. had one rut but yeah last and i thought the rut was helping people you know kind of helped us it looked like it kept, kept moisture in that middle lane a little oh bit. we were using the and rut. yeah we we, needed I, that I, rut. I saw bubba comes <laughs> like we were talking about under yellow one time booty's like there's a huge rut over here in three and four and then eventually i'm like you're gonna have to drive through the rut because there's the only place where there's any moisture in three and four right now um but you know this last year the race was decent but it kind of got aided by all the cautions it kind i mean all the rain kind of kept moisture in the racetrack for for a majority of it then last night they had the track pretty good i mean it slicked off to where it was kind of kind of bottom or very top you know but that's how i mean if you're gonna have a 250 lap dirt race there's there's really none of those in the country so eventually you're gonna that's gonna happen but uh yeah aside from that what else happened in bristol anything exciting i can't remember I mean, I have to go back to my notes. It's a pretty quiet weekend. I thought they did a good job with the track. And, you know, Friday, starting off with Friday, calling that day really early was, you know, big props to NASCAR for, you know, calling that early. And, and I mean, it was pretty, I don't know when you were taking off, but when we were supposed to be taking off, it was really rough here. Yeah, I hadn't even left the house yet when I got the email. So that was, it was. Yeah, Herm was halfway to the airport. So yeah, um, that's a long ride. Yeah, he uh, he turned around and halfway. Got right. He was three minutes in. <laughs> <laughs> he went back to the. Oh he, no, he's he yeah, he's in Statesville. That's right. Yeah, so. and uh, he got to go to his favorite breakfast spot that morning, which he probably doesn't get up early enough to do most of the time. So that was probably a positive <laughs> for him. But sorry, Herm. Um, there's, there's been a lot of conversation. Obviously, they haven't made an announcement as to whether or not Bristol will be back on dirt next year. What do you guys think? I think it was very telling yesterday. Normally. Um, they they announced ticket sales for the next year on the day of their dirt race, and I I noticed yesterday that there was no they announcement last for ticket sales. Okay. The year before um, as well. Yeah, so I I am tending to believe that that was probably the last one. It's it's hard because you know the, obviously they've they've found a little niche. We'll see what the what the TV ratings are. Last year they were pretty good for that Sunday night race. I'm going to assume they're probably going to be fairly good this year because it was on Bain Fox again. Well, they should be because we're not competing against like anything, yeah. um, right? 
Yeah, a hundred percent. But like, before. if the problem is, like, I feel like the Easter date moves around a lot, and now you're gonna have to chase it if you're gonna commit to running Bristol on Easter, you know, Easter night, third race, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, like like next year, Easter's on I think March 31st, so that's another week earlier in the schedule. I assume that we'll have to alter the schedule to get Bristol if you're going to continue to do that. So I don't know how that would work logistically with the schedule, but I I think it's kind of run its course. You know, we'll talk about it later with some of the Dirt Guys comments, but, you know, it just seems to me like there, there I mean, there wasn't many people there last night, I felt like. Not at all. Yeah, I, there's no campers. Like, that's one of the biggest things, and I hate to give Brett credit for anything, but he did tweet, like, one of the easiest ways to tell what the crowd's going to look like when you get there for the weekend is what the camping lots look like. Yeah. And the one on the hill behind the racetrack is usually That's one we always full look at. Yeah. of campers, and there wasn't hardly any there yesterday or all weekend. So, you know, the crowd wasn't great. We'll see the TV numbers, what they look like when they come out. But I feel like it's kind of run its course, and I thought that it was a pretty telling sign yesterday that they didn't put you know, any tickets on sale. Yeah, I kind of, uh, I kind of agree. I, there's so much prep into this one race. With the cars, we're just not dirt cars either, and there's so much prep into these cars, and this is a point race as well, which makes it even harder for the rest of the guys. We got, you know, what, five or six really dirt guys that came up maybe. Um, the rest of them don't have any experience doing it. Not this, you know, say they, you know, should be better at it, but it's just too much of a of a one-off deal to, for me, and we're taking one of the better racetracks on the schedule, and we're putting dirt on it. You know, if we went to a, I don't know, I, you know, if we were going to run dirt, we've always talked about running outdoor like they have and and stuff like that. But I, I miss the old Bristol. Um, and, you know, judging by there's so many like they do a great job with the track this year, but they didn't really have any rain from Friday on. Right. Right. Yeah. But if you get any rain on Saturday or Sunday, it makes it really hard to get that in. And and um, especially with the TV window that they have to fight against. Yeah. I don't know. I I. I just feel like it's run its course as well. I was shocked at how good the track was and ready Saturday when we did go. I didn't think we'd ever get on track. Even though it stopped raining pretty early, I thought there's no way we're going to get – the track's going to be a mud pit and, and we're not going to be able to do anything. But when we got there and saw how, how good it was and then it started running the, the, the Packer cars in, I'm like well, – It was already is, almost it was ready. ready. It was yeah, ready. Yeah, it was almost it was ready. ready. They so. did it. The, they, like the track crew – phenomenal job they did yeah they did a great job but that's like you go back to that like this is bristol in april we, i mean we fought this concrete dirt it doesn't matter it rains every yeah. time we go there yeah but the problem is like you don't the, you don't know what to expect you know we know that if it rains at bristol and it stops raining they can have the track dry in 45 minutes to an hour yep. now you know if the, you get one good shower on that we don't know how long it's going to take to work that track back yeah. in you know, two hours after a really hard rain i don't know yeah if that's i mean it's possible i don't at then, least but listen they'll know because they had it ready to go saturday um but you know just yeah i don't know it's just i i, I still i hated it from the beginning and i hate it now like that we're giving up a short track a legit short track to run dirt like if you want to give bristol back both its dates and take this dirt race somewhere else in place of a Lakota or one of the road courses be my guest but I don't think we need to lose a short track race to to go run dirt but do you think knowing that obviously ticket sales weren't great campgrounds are empty do you think that's an Easter thing or do you think the fact that it's a dirt race I think I think both listen I mean let's not kid ourselves the the spring Bristol race wasn't selling anything out you know even when it was on concrete or dirt um 
you know, I think if you switch back to concrete for a couple of years, you're going to get great crowds because it's going to be the people. Ha ha. Look, we told, you know, look at the crowd now because you switch back. Um, but it's going to in three or four years going to look like it did last night. Probably uh, Easter certainly doesn't help, you know, running on Easter people. I know you run at night. You, they do have a lot of good events for the kids. They had a big fellowship mm-hmm. uh, celebration uh, with Tim Tebow that I think everybody attended for free. Um, so they, they do a lot to make it a family friendly event. But it's still Easter Sunday. You know, normally if you're going to go to the racetrack, you're going to want to spend most of the day there. Um, so now you're giving up, you know, whether it's going to church or whatever you normally would do with your family in the morning. Um, so obviously Easter does not help your cause for attendance. I think your your TV numbers are going to be a lot better because majority of people are at home with their families celebrating Easter. Now it's kind of like you see on, you know, Thanksgiving with football. You know, pe- you know, people are sitting home eating Thanksgiving dinner. Now you, what do you do? You put the football game on. So – you know, the, the TV numbers are great, but obviously, you know, the, the fan attendance was, was lacking for sure. What did y'all think of the Choose Drone? I think it was pretty stupid. <laughs> I really? Why? Like, I mean, I don't know. what. Like, I hate saying that because I don't know. I always say on here, like, you shouldn't call something out if you don't have an alternative. I mean, there's there's a couple simple alternatives, but I don't know how well they would have worked. But Yes, a cone would have been a, like, especially if we're choosing on two to go. Now the field was a little closer to the cone. I may, I specifically looked last night to see where we were, like where the leaders were versus where the last guy chose, and they were probably in the three, close to the center of three and four. So it may have been a little tricky to get out there and get the cone. Uh, yes. Um, but they also can tie a string to it, like they do at every dirt track in the country. Um, you can't tie. They don't choose like that with them. I know. I'm not saying. I'm not saying that's how they do it. I'm just saying that they they tracks that tie strings and drag the thing off the track. You well, you just the drone was great because everyone chose like way early. And you, they didn't. Could you could you hit the drone? No. So what if what Even if somebody better. what if somebody what if somebody changed their mind late? Like right then when you got you the drone. Get, then you get you can. But what, that's what, what I'm saying. Uh, uh, though. Everybody made it completely obvious way beforehand oh, where yeah, they were yeah. going. But what if they didn't? What if somebody didn't? What if somebody gets to the cone and drives underneath it? So are you going to light the cone up? Because yeah. where we were, then he's you like, could, vision is an issue, period. Yes, I'd li- you could light it up. You can't put lights on He couldn't on a see the drone flying above him if it wasn't lit. If, I said, just see yeah. if you can see the drone. He's like, you can, I don't have a problem with uh, fly yeah. the drone above the cone if you want to. But like, there, there's no penalty for changing lanes last second. Now, we have a box at these other races for a reason. There was no but box I mean, last night. Everyone was spread out enough. I don't think it was an issue. If you chose, if I'm you not drove, saying we had an issue last night. Underneath, the, jo- underneath yeah. the drone, I'm just going to adjust off you anyway. If I'm right behind you, I'm going to know my number anyway. I know, but I'm just, I'm just saying. There's no, there was no penalty last night. We have this pl- rule in place every week, and there's a penalty. There was no penalty last night. Like you could, you could change lane. I mean, you obviously. I didn't see anybody change lanes. No, I'm I mean, not everybody saying was good anybody about it. did, but I'm saying it could happen. You know, what's the penalty for? Well, I mean, somebody could also go green on the one to go to and take off and lap the field. And there's I a mean, penalty in place for that. <laughs> well, that, <laughs> there's a penalty in place for switching lanes too. What, 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 like, yeah, but nobody. There's no, no way. There's, not. there's, there's no. Well, we don't know yet. We Nobody's got shoved bottom of three before start finish by the nine. Uh, I actually <laughs> saw that. Yeah. Well, I'm saying, but like, if somebody did it like in the middle one and two, they've called that. But I didn't see it. They've called that before when people switch lanes. Yeah. And right when they first started doing it, somebody tried it. A I couple just, guys. I just feel like there has to be something on the racetrack. Fly the cone low or fly the damn drone lower. <laughs> like, I mean, what do you like? There has to be some kind of penalty of 
like you can't switch lanes or can't choose so lane. What, why don't we hang a pool noodle from the bottom of the drone? If you hit the noodle, that's fine. I'm good with that. Okay, Anything you because you could literally affect some the way somebody. If you wait long enough, nobody did it. Now credit nobody for doing oh, wait, it. You mean like but the 78 that would choose? Because you never <laughs> deal with this. He would choose. And then he would fall out on the. But not even that. But like, if I'm, what if I'm following somebody and we're, we have a specific count? I'm going to go off a of seven. So this guy's here, 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 top lane. Now, very last second, he cuts across the drone and that throws our entire count off. Like he's all right. You've come. Well, you you look like know, you committed you to the know top before you get there. Oh, where yeah. this guy I'm goes counting, top or bottom. But I'm just saying, if this guy is here and we have a designated spot on the racetrack at all these other ovals, if you drive across the box, no good. Nobody did it last night, but that doesn't mean somebody could do it here, you know, and you drive across underneath the cone. Now you throw your count off. Sounds and like it's you better change late. your mind to last second. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying there needs to be something on the racetrack that de- that is a des- how about designated just, spot. How about we just don't run dirt? <laughs> how about we how about we don't run dirt is a very good point. This this is probably all a mute point because it sounds like we're not going back there. Uh, but I thought the drone was cool and it did its job. There wasn't I every- thought it was fun for the fans. The I couldn't TV see it. Listen, what was, was your number? Cool. What was your number most of the time when you were counting? What were you, like six uh, or seven? Six or seven. Dude, yeah. I was 13 to 17 most of the time. So <laughs> I was 12 to 14 most yeah, of the night. Yeah, and we were the high teens a lot. Yeah. So <laughs> you're worried about like five or six. You try coming back there and counting. Uh, we just want to take a moment of silence on here this week in memory of Justin Owen. Uh, unfortunately, Justin lost his life in a wreck at Lawrenceburg in qualifying this week. So... I uh, just want to say, you know, prayers to his family. Send our condolences out to them. Uh, anytime we lose a member of our racing family, it, it's, uh, it never gets any easier. So another, another unfortunate circumstance here, but uh, just prayers out to Justin's family, and uh, he will be missed. We've been telling you for years now that RacingUSA.com is Dormarbor Clear's go-to store for the latest and greatest, officially licensed NASCAR merchandise. One super cool item that RacingUSA.com sells is the authentic full-size replica driver racing helmets. Only certain retailers are approved to sell them, and RacingUSA.com currently has helmets available for Alex Bowman, Chase Elliott, Dale Jr., Haley Deegan, Joey Logano, Kevin Harvick, Kyle Busch, Kyle Larson, and Martin Truex Jr. RacingUSA.com is truly unique. Every product they sell is discounted every day with no coupon code needed. You are guaranteed the lowest pre-order prices, and your in-stock orders are shipped the very next business day. Plus, you can select from a wide assortment of the newest, officially licensed die-cast apparel, hats, helmets, novelties, and collectibles for the sport's most popular drivers, many of which are exclusive to RacingUSA.com. So whenever you want a new hat, t-shirt, die-cast, helmet, or novelty to support your favorite driver, shop RacingUSA.com, Google's top-rated store for NASCAR merchandise. Don't forget, our friends at Racing USA still have autographed Dorbubber Clear diecast sets available for Brett, Freddie, and TJ. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Spot on, spot off. Spot off. Spot on. (laughs) Yeah, spot on. It was super fun yesterday to ride around there. I am spot off. Damn. Where'd he come from?
First topic, NASCAR had a regularly scheduled meeting last week with team owners and the entirety of the team owners boycotted the meeting. Many reports are saying the boycott is because teams are unhappy with the state of discussions surrounding the way television revenue will be divided up in future seasons. Spot on, spot off. TJ. I don't know enough about it. I didn't know this had even happened. Um, Just check Twitter. But we've heard in the past that they weren't happy already. There were some discussions about they just weren't happy with the way it was being divided up, and I'm guessing that's just obviously it's carrying over to here, and and this is where we need Brett. So <laughs> we never we never need Brett. Well, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> this is where Brett usually um, uh, takes over. And can the, we cut that part out? The, the part. Looking, looking, listening to some of the quotes that came out of this. It sounded like the the teams met separately from NASCAR, and they were. St- they were pretty much worried one thing about the, the it's coming down to it seems like worrying about the charter system um, whether the teams obviously want to make these charters permanent and lock in like we've got these charters for as long as we want obviously right now NASCAR can revoke a charter based on performance um, I think some team owners are trying to just say the listen this is the foundation of everything we've built it on and this is this is our whole business model right here is these charters. So if like I think Curtis uh, Polk had a great quote. He said, "If if they gave you the moon, but they're able to take it away from you periodically, what's the point of having the moon?" Um, so you know, it seems like they it seems like the teams kind of had an idea that this was going to be a bad idea to have this meeting because all the other team owners. Because what happens is they have a team owner meeting, but uh, that RTA I guess it is where all teams are represented. And then they have a little council, which is like Dave Alper, and I know Curtis Polk, I think um, Steve Newmark, or they go and represent the team's position to NASCAR. So them guys, it sounded like, went to, to NASCAR and was like, listen, if we have this meeting with all the teams, they're only going to want to talk about one thing. We're not going to get anything done. So why don't we postpone this? Well, NASCAR went ahead and decided to have the meeting, and they're like, okay, well, then we just won't show up. Like, that's fine. Uh, but it, it just sounds like that's kind of what it's based off of. The team's... Obviously, the TV deal's playing into this, um, so they're trying to firm their position up. And I think it's great. Anytime they kind of take a little bit of a stand against, you know, big NASCAR. Uh, but I, I think this kind of got a little blown out of proportion. Just to see on me like the teams didn't want to have one thing dominate their conversations with NASCAR, and NASCAR wasn't willing to budge on the meeting. But, yeah, it seems to me like they want this stuff to be permanent. NASCAR almost sounds – I've heard rumors where NASCAR wants to get rid of the charters or strongly alter the way they're, you know, handed out. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Lambert, spot on, spot off. Yeah, I'm like TJ. I don't know enough about it to have an opinion either way. But, you know, like Freddie said, from what I understand, it was more about the charter system. And um, I guess the contract runs out in 24, just like the TV contract does. So – it could obviously go away, and you got you know guys like twenty three eleven with Denny and and Collie Grayson's another one that has spent big money in the last couple of years buying these charters to have some kind of worth if something was to go awry with the TV contract and teams going away. But um, I, it takes all of us, you know what I mean? It takes the teams, it takes the drivers, it takes NASCAR, it takes the tracks. So I feel like that whatever we can do to make the entire industry better is is, is what we need to do. Yeah, you see, like we, I've heard the the business of motorsports podcast that Kelly's been doing. It's the first one she did with Loletta. They're talking about charter prices, and it's thirty, thirty five million dollars. The numbers that are going to throw around, you're like, okay, wow. You know, I don't. I think the I think the highest anybody's paid for one is about thirteen, if you don't count 
everything Justin Marks bought on top of the charter. Um, so even at that point, if, if Denny or whoever was spends $13 million on a charter and then they decide, you know what, nah, we don't need these charters anymore because some other people want to come in, um, you know, that that's not fair. I don't think to them guys, unless they're equally compensated for whatever they laid out for them charters. So it'd be interesting. Obviously the teams are going to dig in on these. They want these charters permanent. I've got this. You can't take it away from me. And they'll only build value as a TV contract goes up because that's what everybody's the the charter prices are getting raised on speculation of what this new TV contract is. It's kind of like the stock market right now. It's worth this, but I'm thinking in two years it's going to be worth this. So I want you to pay this now. Um, so it's just you know they're they're the valuation right now is really high, but these guys you know they want to lock this in and and you know these teams want to probably sell their charters before that new contract comes out and you know exactly what you're getting. So it, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But the teams are the teams are clearly digging in on what they feel is right, and NASCAR is kind of digging in on what they feel. And you know I don't see any kind of lockout or anything of like that coming, but. You know, I think they'll figure it out here eventually. But obviously, both sides are pretty strongly. Yeah, I think I was wrong because I didn't realize, or I assumed, I should say that when Denny paid thirteen million for the charter, that NASCAR got a percentage of that, right? Because it is they hold the value of it, right? So, but I'm assuming if Jim France is totally against the charter system and doesn't want it to be here, maybe NASCAR is not getting yeah. a percentage. But um, there again, I just feel like the teams need something. If you want new owners to come in, they need something that they can hold on to that has value other than the equipment and, and the parts and pieces. Is it fair, TJ? I mean, it's hard because you've got this it's thing always now. Fair. If you've got this thing now that's worth, let's call it $20 million. You know, if it's 35 is a little crazy. If somebody paid 13, you meet in the middle, you're somewhere in the 20s maybe. Is it fair to Rick Ware Racing that who's put money in, he's been in the charter game forever, you know, one of his cars is, has been the bottom performing one, and their rule is if you're the the lowest performing guy for three years, is it fair to just take his twenty million dollar charter away because he's not performing well? Uh, I don't. I don't agree. I don't think. I mean, if uh, yeah, I don't think that's right. I is don't. It, but is it? Should it be changed to maybe they're forced to sell it? I think yes, and I I don't know I don't I'd have to get into reading what, who buys, what it looks NASCAR like NASCAR bot yeah like, that's good well question. but that that was and my then other resell question. it so <laughs> right. Freddie you mentioned yeah, know. you know when you look at the sponsorship and you look at the valuation we do this I do this every day right now because they don't know what this TV deal is going to be the valuation of a charter is extremely high so you know there are people out there trying to well who can afford it trying to purchase one is, is this the right time for like a Rick Ware racing to want to sell it before they figure out what exactly this TV deal ends up being do you I, see this happening next year I think if you want the most money for your charter you have to sell it before the new TV deal comes out right. because after that there's no more speculation you know what you're getting out of that TV contract you know what it's worth now it may you know it may be more or less money you know you may but you're, you're taking a bigger risk if it comes out and you're, you're getting the same cut now your charter your charter value goes down so i think you're, you're you're gonna get the most bang for your buck if you sell it before the tv contract is agreed upon but you also have to know that you know if you're buying it you know dale for one if the, you know everybody there's no secret dale's out there you know in the in the charter market Dale's not going to buy a charter until he knows that charter deal is permanent. Like, why would Dale buy a charter now that for something that could go away in 2024? So, you know, and, and maybe it's to Dale's best interest that it does go away in 2024 because then he doesn't have to spend this money to get in. Um, because we, we know the car, you know, the, the cost of the cars and the upstart is less than it had been in years past. So if he can just go ahead and 
buy some kit cars and put together and go cup racing without having to worry about buying a charter. That's way better interest for him. Um, but you know, it's, it's, I think if you're going to get the most bang for your buck, it's right now or between, you know, maybe early next year. Um, but you know, I still, I think that I go back and forth because you want to see if we're going to have 36 charters, you want that to be the best 36 teams in the country. But it's the same time. It's hard for me to agree with Rick Ware, who's poured, you know, time and effort into to, and their cars are better. You know, they're they're running better. JJ Yaley ran third in the heat race the other night. You know, from last. Um, so you know, it's not like their cars are awful. They have an alliance with Roush Racing or uh, Keslow. What the hell ever your name is, Keslowski, Roush, Fenway, whatever. <laughs> um, I just seen Rick Ware brought Tommy Baldwin back in to be a competition director. He's kind of a liaison between between Roush and and our, uh, Rick Ware. So they're making an effort to getting better. And now, like, if they just happen to be one of the low cars, you're just going to pull the rug off from underneath them and tell them, hey, sorry, we're taking your charter away. Um, so I don't think that's fair, but, you know, you still want to see the best 36 cars on the racetrack. Next topic, the National Motorsports Appeals Panel on Wednesday reduced College Racing's 100-point L2 penalty for non-standard aero parts to just 75 points just 75 while keeping the original $100,000 fine Denny Hamlin's penalty was also upheld to the original penalty given by NASCAR Lambert spot on spot off because I want to know all about what you think on (laughs) (laughs) what you think about Denny's penalty what do you think (laughs) Denny is going to listen to this too He might even call in here in a minute. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think Denny cares what I think about it. Um, we've talked about it amongst our eleven team, and it's just hard for me to understand the process. Right? I don't know. I mean, obviously his his podcast last Friday that came out, he was in depth with how things went down. But understanding how Hendrick presented their their case versus how Colic like I was. And Freddie, I text Freddie, I'm like, there shouldn't even be a colleague appeal process right now because you've set the standard with what we did with Hendrick, right? Um, That's the way I approached it. And obviously, I know there's legal jargon and everything in the rule book and words and... um, Words. 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 um, Which words can get you in trouble, so I'm going to watch what I say. (laughs) But um, it it hit the 11 team pretty hard. I mean, you think about... We gave basically over a, a whole race of points away, which it's driver points, so it doesn't affect us in the owner stuff. But it's uh, it was tough to, to see, and um, you know I just don't know where the line in the sand is for what's is what Ryan Priest did last night. Is that same thing that Denny did with what he said on the radio versus what he actually did? So I don't know. It's it's tough to understand where it is. I am spot off for for the whole process as a whole um, until we can get things out and see and understand better and have a better understanding of actually what took place versus what we assumed took place. Freddie, spot on, spot off. Yeah, like when Lambert Lambert texts me about the colleague deal and he's like, why are they even going to have an appeal? And I said, because the, the, I said, I don't, there might be different outcomes, you know, like this was a week before or whatever. I said, because you don't know, you know, we keep hearing Dale on his podcast saying Hendrick had the receipts, you know, and, and, Maybe colleague didn't have the receipts. Maybe colleague wasn't afforded to the receipts. You know, hypothetically speaking, something didn't add, didn't add up. Hy- though. Yeah. Oh no. And but hypothetically speaking, if if you know Chevy sends out a memo to their top three teams, which are Hendrick, RCR, Trackhouse. You know, Hendrick obviously has affiliates that you know count on them. 
colleague is an affiliate or has an alliance with RCR. So if they get a memo saying, listen, we know these things aren't right. You can do something to them. Don't go too far, whatever. And that's not directly related, you know, directly sent to colleague. Well, now colleague Hendrick might have those receipts, but colleague doesn't because they weren't afforded those receipts. You know what I mean? So if, and listen, we, we heard that this was, you know, this is obviously some kind of manufacturing issue that was wrong with the Chevy Louvers, but because it, it's very simple. Colleague had something wrong with their louver. One of the four louvers that they had at the racetrack. In my mind, that goes to show you, yes, there was something manufactured wrong. Something didn't fit right. They had one of four that was wrong. Hendrick had eight of eight that were wrong. And that thing, I think that goes to lend towards, okay, they, they manipulated, they modified these louvers in a way that I'm sure anytime any crew chief, car chief, whatever you want to say, modifies anything i promise you it is not in the interest it's not to make it any worse not to make it fit yeah it's it's not to make it fit it's not to it's it's going to be improved performance somewhere so you know i i don't understand the the panel like i don't i the thing that blew my mind about the hendrick appeal was how could you be i saw like jordan bianchi had a great article and I, i was a little intoxicated last week, so we might even talk about this last week, and I don't remember. But he had a he we talked had, about a lot last he week. Had, he had a great article going through the uh, pits, talking to nine anonymous crew we, chiefs. We did talk about that, and he said, you know, you, the crew chief said you can't be half pregnant. Like it's either, you know, one or the other. So, and then colleague comes out, and it's kind of this, a similar situation where, okay, you cheated. But maybe not terribly, so we're going to give you 25 of your 100 points back. Like, I don't understand it. Hopefully, when they go to the next appeal, they'll, they'll, be, they'll, they'll win. I don't, I, just, I don't understand how you can have a team that has eight of eight modified louvers win their, essentially win their appeal, get all their points back, and one team that clearly wasn't trying to manipulate the system had one of four, which you would never do. You would never just do a quarter of your stuff. Uh, but, you know, they, and they get, you know, basically the same penalty. So I know NASCAR obviously is realizing that there's some discrepancy there, and they did make some tweaks to the rule book last week. But Harvick also went on to say maybe these appeals should be pen- should be televised. What do you guys think? I, I think that uh, talking about Denny's podcast last week, I thought Denny did a great job with kind of painting the picture of what that room looks like. And I think that I listen, um, Brett has hacked me. I, I have gone on record as saying. You can't blame NASCAR for this. When when you know Hendrick got their points back, everybody's like, "Oh, NASCAR loves Hendrick." It's not got, NASCAR has nothing to do with this. And Brett's like, "You still every every time they make a rule change now, he's like, you still think they got nothing to do with it?'" He's probably asked me twenty seven times on Twitter this week. Do you still believe what you said? Yes, yes, I still believe it because NASCAR has nothing to do with this. Nothing. They don't a pick. They don't pick up the appeals panel, the overall panel. They don't pick the three guys that go on the panel. They don't. They have to go in there listening to Denny's podcast. Danny said NASCAR is the one in the first appeal. NASCAR is the one that has to go in there and prove their case to the panel. And then Danny gets to, you know, defend himself. Now on this final appeal, it's flips and Danny would, or colleague essentially this time would, they're going to have to prove their case and then NASCAR is going to have to defend it. But like NASCAR has nothing to do with it. And the only thing they did this week was make them rule changes about the guidelines of what the the stuff the appeals committee can change, you know. So if they are getting involved, it's for the better because now they're saying, listen, you can't. If we give a penalty, it's either a penalty or it's not. You can you can maybe modify within fifty to seventy five points, but you can't just go. All right, you have all your points back, and you know, well, we're going to keep the fines. Like it's either a penalty or it's not. Take it away or don't. 
Yeah, I'm uh, I'm spot off for it. Um, kind of both sides. I think, like you said, you can't have eight of them all modified and, you know, one or the other one. And then the one that's clearly doing a lot gets all their stuff back or not all of it. But the the most important part was the points. That's all that really matters. That's all that matters to them. That's, that's all, that all that really matters anyway. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I When I saw Harvick or somebody, I think it was Harvick that said they should be televised or yes. streamed. Yeah. Like, it should be. Why, why, why shouldn't it be? I, yeah. Like, I thought NASCAR made another like one of the other changes they made. I, I, I these are the main two that I saw. There might have been other ones, but now they make they're making the appeals panel provide a summary or a you know a disclosure of how did you come to the, the you know the decision you came to because before it was kind of just. But I mean, even even if even if we get that in writing, are we still going to believe it? Because if you would have gave me in writing, well, you still given you like they're still getting stuff back and still getting penalized which one is it yeah. well but wouldn't like, you want that wouldn't you want an explanation I would love rather to than see. A, i want oh, an explanation hey, we just like hendrick more like that's what people are saying i would have loved like hendrick i would have loved to have seen an explanation last week of how did you come to the decision of all right they cheated but we're gonna give them we're still gonna be mad back we're still gonna be mad i mean it's, we're gonna be at the same point no matter what even if we read that and they're gonna be like well you know they definitely did this but they had a good case to say why they did it, so it's okay. We're gonna, you know, we're gonna give them their points back. We're still gonna be at the same point. Well, one of my questions was, so we're in Phoenix, right? We're on the West Coast. If they took the louvers from all four teams, what went in the car? If they didn't have anything that fit, so what did they race? Yeah. So uh, Chris Rice was on Race Hub the night their penalties got announced, or the the appeal decision got announced and he said that they went to them and got louvers from them who's to, them uh, from colleague so mm -hmm. hendrick went to colleague and got louvers gotcha. from them to run at phoenix i don't know if it was all eight or if they pieced it together from other teams but yeah to your point like but did they fit they fit you know they didn't so, they didn't have to ultra modify them I mean, to fit that one for me you're all about the gray area the rule book you're trying to find everything you can and i i applaud hendrick they've been around forever and they're one of the best teams in the sport obviously so but to the nascar changes that that casey talked about you know that's nascar going and saying we're trying to protect the integrity of our sport you know what i mean because they know that the optics look bad with what happened with taking away all the, you know rescinding all the points penalties and giving them their points back so they know the optics looks bad that tells me nascar is upset at what happened obviously so reading twitter and seeing the fans that are hammering nascar that they're Hendrick lovers or whatever they may be. It's not that's them. not the case. No, it's not them. that. That tells you right there because they're like, we know this was wrong and we're not going to give you every ability to take away the penalties that we give. We're going to make it to where you can only do so much, which I agree with. And I think Steve O'Donnell was on Race Hub last week. Like, I know from talking to certain NASCAR executives, there's frustration because they're also getting, they're ha they have to answer to these teams as to, you know, Moving forward, what can they do? What can they not do? They have to set some sort of precedent around what the future looks like as well, which you can tell NASCAR is trying to do. And one other, one other thing I thought, I mean, it's been going to be interesting to look at going forward is, now listen, and you, this is another topic of this pissed NASCAR off. They came right back the next week and quote-unquote randomly selected two Hendrick cars to bring to the R&D Center. And I listen. I don't, Bob went and put this on Twitter, I think, and I didn't know that. The, like, the, as far as I was concerned, I think we talked about it on here maybe last year. It could have been the year before. 
that that was that is a a random selection. It's the top five and a random car. Um, that was the you know the random after the week, or, or they would take back to the R and D center. They came out last week and basically said, no, that's not the case. It's, it's up to the race director's discretion. So I don't know when that well, or they, the series they've director. Been doing I that. Say. They've yeah. been doing that. The series director, but they, like back in the day before this, you would always. There was always a car that stood out in the race oh, that yeah. ran better than it should that week, and that guy was getting. I just always sure. felt like it was. It was. We knew it wasn't, but it. They always claimed it was random. Yeah, it was just labeled that. Yeah, this year they've come out and said it's not random any longer. That that this is just. <laughs> they were well, that's take, good though. Yeah. I mean, that's oh, like if you see a guy that's light years faster than everybody, but or, but yeah. you see, <laughs> but is this now NASCAR going? Listen. You know, we took 100 points. You got them back. We're going to nitpick you to death until we get those 100 points back. And they got, what, 60 of them from two of them already. So, you know, this this could be a long season. They should have taken stress. four last week. Five and nine. You yeah. watch out the, going the, forward. The, so. the thing I love is, you know, they take the randoms are Bowman and, and Byron, Byron, who ran, what, like ninth and 25th. Well, Byron and, got spun, right? Yeah. So. What if they took off four then? I mean, who, who finished third at Richmond? Uh, I don't even know. Do you think that... that <laughs> Do you think Hendrick will appeal this one? I think they have until tomorrow. If I had to guess, I'd mm. say no. And I think that there's probably some kind of agreement in place there. I don't know. I don't want to say there's like any behind-the-scenes dirty dealings or anything. But it's probably like, we're going to give you an L1 penalty here. You're going to get 60 points. Do not appeal this. Well, it's still a net 40 gain, right? Yeah, you're still, up, you're you still have, up 40. So I'll take my 40 uh, and go. Well, it'll be interesting to see. It's, it's something we heard rumors in the garage that it's something that they've been running for a long time, and now all of a sudden they found a problem with it. You know, so And it's, it was clearly an area of the car that you can modify, and they supposedly just went too far with it. Quote, you know, so <laughs> First we'll for that. See. Yeah, so. But now they'll be displayed, right? So that, that's, that's, the, that's the thing I don't understand, like, what are we displaying? Are we can take the greenhouse off the Kendrick cars and put them out behind the hauler. Like, well, I mean, with didn't they used to do? They obviously, used to you can't. Do that, that, right? No, they're gonna. But I'm saying you're not gonna take the whole no. right. the greenhouse. Yeah, exactly. Like the louvers, you could take the louvers and set oh, yeah. them there. You know what I mean? Which I think is cool because if they do find parts and things that are modified, you pull it off and you lay it back there. That's how it used to be. Well, there used to be a whole car sitting behind the haulers at times. You know what I mean? So <laughs> that T Rex car. Yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, well, starting this week, we are streaming for free on DirtVision.com and the DirtVision app. So you can believe we will absolutely have plenty of dirt topics to debate coming off of the Bristol Dirt Race. Um, and I would have to, of course, start off with Kyle Larson's comments around Ryan Priest. Uh, spot on, spot off. After the race, he told the media, I figured we could be grownups and get the f over it after contact with Brian Priest that Jeez. ultimately took him out of the race. I'm just reading the script, guys. Uh, Priest responded after the race by saying that the contact was not intentional and, quote, I was just trying to get all that I could. TJ, spot on, spot off. <laughs> uh, I mean, 
I, I'm great racing. <laughs> I mean, Priest got kind of ran a little bit dirty. He did get run dirty, and he ran the other guy a little bit dirty. And I mean, you know, and it's not like he just went out there and intentionally drove him up into the fence or something. He it got close. There was decisions that could have been made to avoid it. Um, it was just hard racing. A guy doing what he has to do to get the spot. So I don't think he intentionally went up there and said, I'm going to ruin Kyle Larson's day right here and his race. I don't think he thought that. I think he wanted to put him in a bad spot or give him, I mean, what did Kyle do to him? Force him, force him. Yeah. He put him in a bad spot and okay. Well, priest lifted and got in the wall a little bit. And to me, Larson could have done the same thing, but he chose not to. And if you do that to a guy, most of the time when that guy comes back, that's the time that you let the guy go. And then it kind of it kind of dissolves itself from there because you you know you know I get into you and you run me down I'm probably not going to mess with you I'm going to give you that spot because I already messed up once even if it was an accident you know what I'm just going to give it to you now and then from that point on you kind of all right well we're back I'm back where I was I'm you right. kind of putting it under the table from there so um, yeah I don't I don't see a problem with it handling itself right there Lambert spot on spot off. Um, I am spot on. Uh, it's, it's funny because obviously I didn't see it happen cause I was back there swatting flies where we were, but <laughs> I went back and watched it last night and, and it was a late clear, like Kyle said, I don't think that I found it interesting. I should say, I listened to the audio and, um, obviously Ryan's crew chief this year was, was Larson's at, at Ganassi for quite a few years and he didn't help that. It matched, <laughs> I mean, he, he basically said, He's good enough. That wasn't that wasn't a mistake. That was intentional, um, and probably put it in Ryan's head and got Ryan fired up even more. And, and Ryan's a fiery guy, right? And he's a modified guy. Comes from the short tracks. He's still a short track guy. Uh, we all know him pretty well. And and um, he, the wreck with Larson later in the race after his comments, I don't think was. I, th- I do think it was intentional. It was a perfect modified nerf. You know what I mean? It was here we are. I'm gonna I'm gonna send you if I can, and um, and he did. So um, I'm spot on for guys handling on the racetrack and uh, not doing it off the racetrack in the um, in the media. Freddie, I'm I want spot on spot off, but I also want to add specifically for you. Do you think now Ryan originally during the during the broadcast they they played his audio and he said like game on or whatever do you think now drivers are a little bit scared to admit when it was an intentional i think that i think you saw a direct result of denny hamlin's penalty in ryan priest's post-race interview um i just got loose i just got loose you know i I don't know i just got loose i don't know what happened i don't car was broke i don't race dirt i i just got loose you know if that's if i think if denny doesn't get hammered for for saying what he said, Ryan's going to come out and say, listen, I raced that guy the way he raced me. He ran me in the fence. And I don't think, in Kyle's comments, I don't think Kyle realizes he was, you know, he said, and it's, if you look at the whole interview, he said, I don't know what he's mad at me about. You know, he, something happened to him later. He spun out and, got, and he got in the back. He doesn't realize that he's the reason he's back there. You know, Kyle, uh, talking to some guys on Ryan's team, like when Kyle ran them in the fence, it bent their toe link. And then eventually it broke a bolt in the toe link. And that's why Ryan spun. So, Kyle was the direct result of why Ryan's night was ruined. And and I don't think Kyle realized that when Ryan got back to him. And, and Ryan didn't do anything more than what Kyle did to Ryan. And the reason why Kyle wrecked was Kyle. Kyle started chasing Ryan down the racetrack and, and ran in the side of him and spun himself out. So, you know, like Ryan gave back what he got and ran him in the fence off of four. 
And, you know, and I, he just kind of, I mean, he didn't like out and out right, you know, right turn and door him. He just ran him up the racetrack until they were both kind of up against the wall. And then Ryan moved down and gave him room and Kyle started chasing him and Kyle bounced off. He gave him, him more wrecked. room. He gave him enough room. Yeah. It was tight. And, but I mean, he didn't. Just- I mean, and Ryan was doing it intentionally. Like, let, let's not kid ourselves. Ryan knows what the hell he's doing. He's a very good race car driver. And to Lambert's point, we used to have, he used to give, we and Ryan have raced against each other for years since he's 13, 14 years old. And I spotted for different people. I spotted for Ryan multiple times in modified races. And and he has a joke that you know the, a lot of the Long Island guys are pretty rough, and he has, he calls it the Long Island slide job, and it's basically it's not really a slide job. You just go in the corner and door slam the guy and knock him out of the way, and that's what he was doing. You know that was that was a typical Long Island slide job, and Ryan is like to Lambert's point, he knows how to do it just as good as anybody in that modified deal. And but like the thing that bothers me is that post race interview. Like, we're not seeing these drivers be honest because they're afraid of what Denny got, you know, and, and Ryan would have normally, I honestly think, would have been like, I raced Kyle like Kyle raced me. He ran me in the fence. I ran him in the fence. We're even. He wrecked himself trying to wreck me. So, you know, but he can't say that because, God forbid, you intent, you know, you you admit any kind of intentional maneuver, they could hammer you with $50,000 and take 25 points away from so you. So what, what is it? You know, what What kind of thought process brings a guy to say, I thought we could just get over it? Well, I think that he doesn't realize – he thinks that he just ran him in the wall a little bit and that you're was the end Kyle, of it. You're saying I Kyle think, didn't know that I he – I think Kyle doesn't realize he messed Ryan's car up and that's why Ryan yeah. spun out. You know, I think that – and to your point, listening to that audio, Kyle had – I'm sorry, Ryan had the little devil on his shoulder. Oh, uh, he was – I don't know yeah, that Chad Ryan jo- – Chad Johnston was <laughs> – He was revving the fire and I don't know if there's some – there's some deep-seated stuff there with him and Larson that went on when they were working together, but he was stoking the fire. If Ryan Priest was uh, at a three mad, <laughs> by the time Chad got done with him, he was about a 10, and, and he was looking for blood at that point. Race how you raced. That's it, and that's, that, I, think that's, I think that's the general code, but you I can't even. I think that's even, great. And I th- what would be wrong with that if Ryan came out after the race and said, Listen, Larson ran me in defense. I ran him in defense. Like, that's it. Like, that's the end of it. penalty now. Yeah, but that's a penalty now. Right. Like, you can't – that's the problem with that penalty to Denny. You're not getting any honesty out of these drivers anymore because they're afraid of what they can say. Continuing on the topic of Kyle Larson, Kyle said, over the weekend, we don't need to be racing on dirt, which led to other drivers, including dirt track ace Jonathan Davenport, to say, it's cool. It's a novelty, but it's not the real thing. Spot on, spot off. Freddie. We better all be unanimous on this. Mm, I mean, yeah. it's spot on for what they're saying. Yeah. They're they're honest. Yeah. You know, these guys are this in their discipline, they're two of the best in the world at what they do. You know, Kyle Kyle, I mean, he's across anything. Anything, any kind of mm-hmm. discipline, whether he gets in a late model, a sprint car, a midget, whatever it is, he's the guy to beat that night. Um Davenport won. Two and a half million dollars last year, super late well, model racing. We, what what night was that dirt late model race? When, Thursday night. That Thursday was night. one of the best races that I've ever watched, and it was. I mean, I don't know how that that was a. I mean, it was one of the best. And, races it, it, I've was, seen. it was these two guys. Yeah, these two guys, <laughs> and they are racing like unbelievable, man. At every corner, what's going to happen down here? What's going to happen in this corner? And it was clean. It was fun. There was lap cars in there. They were. I mean, it was an awesome race. So and you just can't do that in our cars. No, not like that. You if can't you, do it like if that. you wanted like the, there's ways to get there, but we're never going to do it. I mean, you'd have to take the windshield out of the car to prep the track correctly, and you know the, the figure out a way to get air in there because we all we would do would clog the grill. Like our cars are just not meant to be on dirt, and that's what I thought it was very telling. 
You know, because a lot of people are of the opinion of this just doesn't work because it's at Bristol. If you take it to Eldora, it'll be great. If you take it to Knoxville, it'll be fun. You know, they asked Kyle point blank, what dirt race would you like to see this? You know, okay, we get it. You don't like Bristol. What dirt track do you want to see him go to? He said, none. Yeah. <laughs> like, none. We don't belong on dirt. Yeah. Like, that, not with these cars. Lambert, spot on, spot off. I'm spot on. Just, um, I've known uh, Davenport for probably 15 years or so, back when Tony was doing the Prelude to the Dream. Um, and he was driving a lower tier car back then in the, in the late model stuff, but you could still see the talent was there. He was fast. He just had stuff, issues breaking or something here. But he uh, he actually helped Casey Kane and Brian Vickers with the, the, the late model stuff they were doing back then. So he was he was around for probably a week and a half, two weeks, for two or three years there. And um, obviously a lot of respect for what he does, the whole dirt community as a, as a whole. I'm a dirt fan. Um, so I'm, I'm spot on. I just – I thought the race last night for our cars was probably the best that you'll ever see, just situational and the dirt guys being able to get up there and just, I mean, the race for the lead was phenomenal all night long. Two or three guys running the same line, just waiting on somebody to slip. And But I do feel like that it's a novelty. And um, obviously I didn't have a whole lot of fun myself. So if it went away, I would be perfectly okay with it, as long as it's not another road course. Yes, God forbid. Spot on, spot off. NASCAR threw the caution in the closing laps after Kyle Busch spun on the apron, but did not throw the yellow for Blaney's spin in front of the field on a late race restart. Mm, TJ, spot on, spot off. Uh, I'm spot off. There was a the, – the tone was set pretty early that if there was a single car spin, they were going to get going. You let it keep racing. We got past – I've lost – we probably lost close to 10 spots last night because – guy spun out in front of us and we had to lift and others around us did not lift and i got to the point where i said there's one spinner funny but stay in it we got to keep going and i don't want to do that so but i didn't understand the eight and the five were both out of harm's way more than some of the others and we they the caution you know we get a caution for those ones but yet we got a guy sitting in the middle of the track um, and we're waiting to throw the caution for him. So I didn't – it was tough, man. I, it got to the point where I literally was saying, got to spin in front of you, but keep going until I tell you. Keep going. And I don't want to send my guy into that because what if that guy slides on the track a little bit further and my guy's not breaking? Right. You know, I, I don't – I'm so used to, you know, one spin in front of you, you know, backing down, backing down. Back, like you're so used to getting your guy slowed up to minimize any damage to the car, safety, everything. And now it was like – kind of like uh one spinning but I keep going i don't know like so i'm kind of kind of spot off for it lambert spot on spot off i'm definitely spot off uh you know even last week or the week before at richmond when the 45 spun off a of turn two it was forever before the caution was thrown and of course radioactive has me on there basically saying spin off a of two still green what the f-? <laughs> and of course my wife's like you gotta watch what you say on the radio uh, <laughs> So then, of course, last night, it's the same thing. You had several spins, and you didn't know. You learned early on what was going to be a caution and what wasn't. But if I'm the guy that spins and I know there's not a caution, what am I going to do? I'm going to fire up, spin around as fast as I can, no matter what's coming, to get rolling again so I don't lose a lap. So it put a lot of guys in some bad spots, and you saw two or three cars spin all over the racetrack and no caution. So um, if you're going to throw it, throw it. If you're not, don't just be consistent so we know what to expect because at the end of the day the spotter position we're we're safety that's our main job 
not just for my guy, but I want their, you know, everybody to go home and safe to their family. So when you're having guys spin out and you're saying stay in the gas and not knowing what's going to happen the next corner with guys, so it's it's uh it's a scary thing. I'm, I'm gonna play. I don't. I'm gonna sound like TJ. Uh, I think they did a pretty good job. There was two instances. TJ named both of them that I thought they threw yellows when they didn't need to be yellows. The eight and the five. You know, the eight was on the apron. Nobody near him. Rolling the pit road, it looked like. Yeah, he got rid yep. of the pit road. Yellow came out for some reason there. Didn't understand that one. That was a race-altering. You talk about race manipulation. There's one there where we're, we're throwing a caution for no reason with 10 to go. Uh, the five, like like we, they said it, like you guys already said, they set a precedent early. If it was a single-car spin and that guy looked like he was going to keep going, they're going to keep going. And thank God they did because if not, that race would have had five, six, seven more cautions and would have took another hour to run. Um but, you know, and that's easy for me to say because I was in front of most of them. You guys weren't. I think that the, the slower speeds kind of lend themselves to, to be a little more lenient there. Like you're not running, you know, whatever we would normally run there, 14 second laps. So, you know, obviously you don't want to see anybody make contact and get but hurt. But you don't have control. That's but, my yeah, no, issue. I know. When you slide into the corner and they're broadside, you can't. And I think that any, you can't change lanes. That's kind of what I'm getting at with the speeds. Like if you hit them, you're not hitting them. I mean, you're going to wreck. You know, you you hit. I forget who it was that spun off a of four there, and you got collected. And that's what knocked yeah, your nose off of it. Us. But I mean, you continued on. Didn't even knock you out of the race. You know, and that was probably like one of the harder hits I've seen all night. So I, because if listen, if they threw a caution every time somebody spun, we'd still be there racing. Like it. So I thought they did a good job with trying to keep it running. I don't understand the two cautions for the five and the eight. The five, like. As soon as he spun, he's on the apron, kind of out of the way. The yellow, the yellow came out. Um, but I thought that they kind of did a good job and had to keep it rolling because, like I said, if you just keep throwing the caution and caution and caution, you're never going to see any racing all night. I, which I was fine with that was that's how we were going to go. Yeah. But it was kind of these two cautions then kind of counteracted everything that was done caught up to that point. The one thing that I didn't like, and I saw it a lot in the truck heat races, and I saw it in the, in the race last night with I think it was Davenport, there was sometimes where I know they were waiting to like they don't want to throw a caution, but like there's a couple times where there's a guy sitting there and I'm like, okay, he's he's not going anywhere. Yeah. Like let's where are we waiting on now? Because you don't need the whole field bearing down on somebody that's a parked car. And they did that at the very end. There was, yeah. I mean, was it Ross? Ross? They were gonna let it go green. I think they uh, were. You know, yeah, the nine but it was, was wrecked, and then Ross parked. Well, the nine the got the nine got off the racetrack. Yeah, he, he was really, on the apron. Yeah, he got it. He did a really good job, but Ross couldn't turn, and it yeah. wasn't Ross's. I mean, Ross hit and went right off the track, and you could tell he was like trying to get out of the way, but it wasn't turning. And well, that was gonna be. Yeah, I didn't have, like. I know everybody's gonna point to that Blaney deal at the end. I didn't have an issue with them not throwing a caution there because that was kind of their mo all night. Like Blaney yeah. got turned around, did a three sixty, kept digging. But why and, does that not get a caution in a single car on the bottom? Listen, does? I think that I think that the Blaney deal should not have been a caution. But I also think that the eight and the five should not have been yeah, cautions. You know, like if like there's no reason, especially when you just hammered a guy for race manipulation. What are we? Why are we throwing a caution for a car that's on the apron, not anywhere near anybody? That's clearly driving the pit road. Like yeah. he's not uh, the the eight, like the five. I could see because he got turned around and he was kind of mid pack and he kind of got hung up on the apron for a second. But the the caution came out quick there, where like that I felt like quicker than most. But that eight one just really that didn't yeah. make any sense. They did. They were pretty consistent most of the night though, and there were other wrecks that happened that didn't get cautions. We just kind of kept it, which. It all worked out. We all kept digging. Most of the guys that I saw some cars get tore up, and those guys did a good job, 
getting on the flat and getting out of the way yeah. instead of parking on the Logano track. Logano was one of them. Yeah, a lot of the a lot of guys that had damage, they actually did a really good job of getting out of the way and keeping the race flowing as well. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Let's move on to Reaction Theater. None are going to be better than... Dying. That's hard to top, though. What, pit lane? Yeah. Length and size? <laughs> With? Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Dual pit lanes at Bristol? I mean, I'm so afraid of the fact that y'all are sitting here debating <clears throat> what guys looked like they had or what pit lane they were was. I, then, I, was, I, was, crying. Posted, I was crying trying to move my yard. I, I mean, the tweets from people, <laughs> the one guy, I had to pull over on the highway on the drive home because <laughs> I was laughing so hard. I mean, <clears> I don't blame him. I was dying. Ah, the Bristol show maybe next year they'll cover the track in three feet of so they can have a show on and just run around in the mud and just cover the world and oh my gosh what do you say <laughs> i'm gonna guess he's not a fan I, I felt like i was doing a hearing test right there yeah that was uh no kidding i failed that one too did you hear that push the button yeah. i swear nascar it's like my kids when it comes to cautions. They never know what the hell they want. One minute they want this, the next minute they want that. Damn it, NASCAR, make up your mind. I'm going to have to put you in your room, turn the lights off, and get you ready for bed because I'm tired of it. <laughs> He's not wrong about it. Like, <laughs> especially that eight caution coming out with 10 to go. Like That's just, that. I mean... Didn't need to happen. What the hell is wrong with Chase Briscoe? Is does he have just a knack for o- driving over his head and not knowing what the hell to do? He did it at Coda. Had two teammates arguing with each other like it was an elementary school fight. Then he does it again this year for the second year in a row at Bristol on dirt, and people were just like, "Meh, it happens." I wish you would just hurry up and blame Ross Chastain for it. Ah, uh, the- that. <clears throat> Uh, what happened? Somebody give me an idea. So I, he, I was on the other side that. of the track. Yeah. Uh, he so the only way to get the bottom lane rolling, and he and I think he admitted this in his in his post race interview, was to just kind of shove each other down the front stretch, like get like get going, mm-hmm. and then Blaney, I saw a little bit of that. Blaney kind of opened his entry up a little bit into one, and I don't uh, know if that was from Chase <clears> pushing <throat> or or yeah. just opened up his entry trying to get a little better run off of two. But Chase kind of tried to fill the hole, and it looked to me like he clipped the, the second turtle or whatever you want to call that thing down there, the pump, and it just kind of launched him out into Chase. I mean, into Ryan. And, but Chase took full responsibility. He said, this is two years in a row that you know I've done dumb stuff here because last year he cleaned Tyler out on the last lap. Um, so, you know, 
you know, he kind of, I like Chase a lot. Chase is a friend of mine. I, I, I enjoy talking to Chase, but this is kind of like he dumped you guys at, at uh, Indianapolis when he was getting black flagged and kind of, oh, well, you know, I don't race like that. Now this is two instances at the dirt track where he's kind of cleaned the leader out or clean, you know, Ryan's on the front row on a restart in the last green-white checker there or whatever it was, a couple to go. I mean, if you want to go back to Indy, Denny did run him off on both sides of the track. Oh, yeah, I'm not saying Denny didn't deserve to get spun <laughs> out, but, like, that, like let's just say, well, you can't now. You can't you say can't I say spun that. the guy out. <clears throat> you can't say that. I'm sorry. Throttle uh, hung. Throttle hung. But, it was weird. It sticky. Yeah. <laughs> did you know the backstory from last night? Did you listen to the audio? No, I didn't it's, listen to all their audio. So, obviously, we had one plane, 20 car wins. I sat there for ever. I know, I beat you home. You beat me home driving. <laughs> um, so, I went and listened to the audio after watching some of the videos, uh, the post-race videos. And so, before the last green flag restart, uh, on Blaney's radio, Josh says, hey, just so you know, Chase says, slingshot engaged. Okay. So, Blaney's like, Okay, let's let's roll, right? So they, I go to listen to the fourteen audio, and after the race, he he's like, did did Blaney get into the the twenty or somebody there? What what? He just stopped, and Joey Campbell loved the kid to death. Response for the fourteen, he's like, no, that was hundred percent on you. I think it was too much slingshot. <laughs> <laughs> And radio silence, like Chase didn't say a word after that. He was trying to say, you know, obviously that he felt like he just stopped in front of him and it wasn't his fault. And Joey's like, no, not the case. Because you have a feel for you. We visually where we're standing, you know, when somebody gets into the corner deeper than what they have been. So you can see when the slingshot's a little overdone most of the time. Yeah, and it's there's a really fine line, you know. All night long, it's, if you're watching that race last night, you could see patches. Like when the race starts, the track is pretty much red clay across the racetrack, and then as we run, it gets darker and darker and darker, pretty quick. Too. And yeah, and you can see, but there's spots on the racetrack where you could see a little bit of moisture, or you know, like that that rut in three and four had moisture around it. Uh, at the end there, it was basically like very top or very bottom so you had the, the lower you could run there was a little bit of moisture down there but you also put yourself at risk of hitting yeah. that turtles and i think he just tried to really hook the bottom of one and two and just clip that turtle or whatever you want to call that and and launch them out into but them. i mean that, that i don't i don't see a problem with trying i mean no you can't blame a guy for trying to get all he can i mean yeah maybe it was a little aggressive but you know what at, at coda we get spun out by Blaney because he overdid a corner. So they all do it. When, listen, it just it's, happens, It's man. win at all costs. If Kyle Busch doesn't win that race last year when Blaney – I mean, when uh, Briscoe and Reddick wreck each other, he doesn't get in the playoffs. So, <clears> you know, you've got to yeah. take that chance. If 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 he can kind of shove Ryan up, even if you – you know, you never know move what's going to happen. If you move him up the racetrack in the bell and open the bottom lane up for yourself, now you've got a shot to win the race and get yourself in the playoffs. Yeah. So you can't, like, just, all right, you know what, Ryan, you go ahead and get this one. But It's hard you know, to be mad at Chase, though, if, you, if you've if you been in that situation and you oh, wreck yeah. somebody because everyone's in it. I mean, all you can do is, you know, apologize and move on. Not, I not, thought it was funny. He said, I, I expect payback. Well, he doesn't know you can't do that anymore. Like, you can't pay back people. Well, you can. You just can't say well, it. Well, I mean, well. But Chase does need to not drive it an 11 out of 10. You yeah. know, if he runs at a 10 out of, a 9 out of 10, he probably finishes top four in that race. Less less slingshot. Yeah. Less slingshot. Poor Denny. He can't catch a break. For some damn reason. NASCAR hates. If his name was Jimmy Johnson or even Chase. Maybe NASCAR let him win a race. But he ain't sucking their dick or kissing their ass like old Mr. H or Chase.
starch stacking pennies for poor Denny. <laughs> poor Denny. Was, <laughs> was that the return of Jeb? Do we, do we know? Yeah, that sounded like Jeb. Hey, welcome back, Jeb. We've missed you. <laughs> With uh, a bang. <laughs> yeah, come back right. I mean, firing on all cylinders. That was a good one. <laughs> He's not not totally inaccurate, maybe, but yeah. Lambert, what do you think about that one? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> that's that's about all I got for that. Oh boy. Oh. Well, keep the songs coming. That was a good one. Uh, To leave an audio message 24-7, just head to anchor.fm slash clear. Click the message icon, and we will keep picking the best ones. It is time for Ask DBC. Don't forget to send in your questions on Twitter each week. Use hashtag AskDBC. We will answer the best ones. Tons of opportunities to ask questions. I saw some good ones yesterday. Um, this first one is from Bo. Ask DBC. <laughs> Do you believe <laughs> if Labani? <laughs> what? No, I, I didn't know Reddit. Tyler, Tyler's son had a phone. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> spelled his name wrong. <laughs> Do you believe if the Labani Earnhardt rattle his cage scenario at Bristol happened today that it would result in penalties? So uh, one thing I took that was interesting from the Denny podcast talking about the the appeal process. It was last Friday, I think, after his appeal. Um, He, you know, he basically said that I don't know if it was NASCAR or somebody said that like heat of the moment when you get out of the car, if you said that I did something wrong, that's okay. But because you had a, you know, a day to think about it and then went on your podcast and, and said it now you're in the wrong, but I listen, like the, I don't know. You want these guys to be as honest as possible. Dale on that night when he, I didn't mean to wreck him. I just meant to rattle his cage. Well, that's Dale. Listen, Dale meant to wreck him, you know, like that. Dale was meant to knock him out of the way to win the race. He wasn't trying to rattle his cage. Uh, but you know, so he's playing that politic game back then even, but you know, it's just, I hate I hate the fact like we saw it last night with Ryan like these guys can't be honest anymore and that's the worst possible scenario for our sport. <clears throat> yeah, I don't. I mean, we had <laughs> you knew when Tony Stewart got mad and you put a mic in his face and uh, I mean these guys had you kind of taken away their personalities a little bit and who they really are and what they want to say. Um, it's I, hard enough to get them to show any personality to begin with. And now you've got guys. Yeah, now I think they I think Danny referenced Byron. You know, Byron's been on this podcast before, but he made a comment to Rod. They share, a, uh, you know, an agent manager. And he said he's not doing any podcasts for a while because he's afraid, you know, you don't know what you say might get you in trouble. This next one is from Olive. Have you. <laughs> Lambert, I think this one's for you, bud. Have you ever misplaced your car keys, Lambert? <laughs> Man, that's the first time I've seen you have one of them long. Yeah, I'm a lanyard guy now. So, <laughs> so how did that happen? I've I've recently contemplated putting the rental car keys on a lanyard because Herm does it, and I'm like, you know what? What? Maybe I should be doing that. Herm's overkill on everything. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah, I noticed. I know. <laughs> yeah, uh, her. I'm gonna just have start having Herm make my schedule because he has it laid out to the. I mean, to the minute on when he needs to leave the hotel and all this stuff by, and it's laid out yeah. perfectly. So it wasn't my rental keys; it was my personal keys. Oh. Well. Yeah. So, so what happened? So I call it my airport car, right? So it's an 06 Altima that I've had forever that I just drive it back and forth to the airport to sit there three or four days a week. And in 17, 
Chris Osborne, Crazy, and I were at Homestead for the final race, and we had all of our stuff stolen out of our rental cars, like spotting stuff, all of my luggage, everything. So I went and had just a key made, and no key fob, no key, just a key, one key. So I um, get out at the airport. I lock my doors with the, the lock on the end, on the door. I put them in my book bag in the same place every time, and it was raining this morning for – Vegas. It was Vegas. Mm-hmm. That morning when we got there, it was raining. I guess I didn't put them in my in my uh, spot in my book bag where I always do. Go throughout the weekend, get how when we land, and no keys. Can't find them anywhere. So had to catch a ride from Stevie Reeves. Took me home. I'm glad I wasn't there that night. Yeah. Or I left already. Yeah. I had already left. <laughs> Drew Drew Herring was actually going to do it. I'm like Drew, I can I can walk home before you drive to your house. Just go on. I'll be fine. <laughs> So anyway, next day, go to the Nissan, get a key, can't find them in the car anywhere, had to have it towed, had to have it programmed, <laughs> had to have, so $300 later, I have keys. The following week, we leave for Phoenix, and I have readers that I watch on movies on my iPad or something with or if I'm reading, and I go to get my readers out, and guess There's where my key. keys were? <laughs> in my reader case. So I guess I got on the plane, realized they were in my pocket, put them in my reader case, and dumb he forgot where they were. So <laughs> the, the day, he tell like so we we stop at uh, we were going I guess next would have been Phoenix or Phoenix. California or somewhere. We stop and he I didn't know this whole thing happened and we stop at Tulsa to, uh, they gave us lunch and stuff. So we're sitting there eating and he's like, Did I tell you about last week? I lost I couldn't find my keys forever, whatever. And then he gets on the plane, he's like, Oh <laughs> he's like here they are right here. <laughs> Found them. I At least you got another set. I, I got spares to, now. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say when they programmed this one. My old key that I do have? Quit working. Quit working. Oh, even. <laughs> so, kind of, kind of. That's. I can't believe somebody asked that. I mean, how would they know? I mean, that's, yeah. Olive. <laughs> Olive. <laughs> yes. What a name. Sounds like a stage name or something. <laughs> so. <laughs> there are so many questions I could ask here. Oh. You guys go to Millbridge? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Millbridge this weekend. Oh. Or this week. Uh, let's yep, move take on a shot. to what an idiot. What an idiot. Freddie, what you got? My what an idiot is the guy that Uh-oh. decided he was going to spend the last two days of his life flipping Joey Logano off. Did you see this idiot no. in the grandstands? Like somebody told me his name. I can't remember what TJ. it is. Yeah. TJ was prob- there was two guys. It was TJ on the roof and, <laughs> and this guy in the grandstands, but nobody saw TJ doing it, so we'll just call this guy out. Well, he had but a short he night must, yesterday. He, he must have had a long night on Saturday, though, because the guy dominated the whole race, and he just flipped him <laughs> off for the entirety of the race. Like, what are you doing? I get it. You don't like the guy, but, I mean, you look like an idiot if you're just sitting there lap after lap flipping the guy off in different directions. Like, I, I, I don't get As it. As he's leading every lap. As he's leading the whole entire race and wins. Why are you looking at this guy and not your truck? Yeah, like, who are you cheering for? I mean, like, why wouldn't you not have a favorite versus somebody? Like, you're, why are you expending so much energy Maybe on Joey hate? is his favorite, and he's telling him, I, you're number one. I don't think every that's time it. By. I don't think that's it. Maybe. Lambert, Maybe he should call in. Lambert, idiot for the week? Well, I didn't have one till I woke up this morning, so it's me. <laughs> Hi. So, obviously, last night... There's dust flying everywhere. It's it's rough. Obviously, my guy can't see. TJ's guy can't see. We run into everything on the racetrack. Being we didn't hit a lot. Back. We just spun out a lot. Yeah, we hit we hit and ran, <laughs> spun out. But 
So Sundays at home is my wife's day to clean the house, and she does our sheets on our bed every Sunday. Mm. And so I get home last night at 2.15 after sitting on the plane forever. Didn't think about it. I just changed, jumped into bed, and woke up this morning with orange all <laughs> over the pillowcase that that she had just washed. And her first words were, you better be glad you're leaving because if not, it was not going to be pretty. So, yeah, I, I created more work. <clears throat> well... Yeah, that's uh, at least she's got something to do today. I mean, right? Oh, <laughs> wow. here we go. I'm gonna send her. Well, to we could send her to and your here's house. my wooden idiot, TJ. Well, we she could also work on her. <laughs> TJ. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, uh, there's that side hustle. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> get a you manicure, got, you got pedicure. An you got an idiot, stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Myself right now. Um, ah, man. I, <laughs> I love watching the track packer guys because every once every year one of them Eats ends it. up sliding down the track at, at some point and it got didn't one get pretty close to hitting the wall? I didn't see anything this year. Yeah, yeah. About hit the end of pit wall. Yeah, about hit the end of pit wall. Uh, I, I think I was in the back of the suite for this because I heard the whole suite erupt like somebody just yeah because he was getting ready to to KO the end of the the end of pit wall kind of like Raj I was getting ready to do that one time when he got in four yeah. <laughs> I actually thought Raj, I was going to hit it, but he did a good job of getting it collected. But yeah, this, some of these track backer guys are exciting to watch, but I can't really say they're idiots because they didn't really hit anything, but it just got really close. So no idiot. No idiot. Um, Mr. Nice Guy. Yeah, I don't really. I mean, everyone, I don't think there was anything that stood out on track this week. I mean, there was just the normal Bristol Dirt stuff. There wasn't any um, um, crazy, you know, something crazy on the track really really exciting stuff good work yeah, yeah. riveting all right let's move on to dvc picks riveting um, did we get a pick from brett or not <clears throat> yes we and, can just give brett our one idiot he, he, brett pick logano he he goes last so yeah he goes last somebody pick logano um, no he can't pick logano oh. <laughs> <laughs> he finally won with christopher bell uh we are picking for martinsville this weekend and TJ, you go first. Can't believe I had Stanhouse oh, with fourth and lost. Oh man, Martinsville. I oh, Davenport did not do me any favors here. <laughs> that was a swing and a miss there, <laughs> but it was worth it. Um, Basically saved a pick. Yeah, that's what I was doing. I, I'll go with uh, the guy that named the place after now is uh, Martin Truex Jr. Casey. I will go with Chase. Isn't back this week, right? No, Josh Berry. He might be. He's probably not. I hope he is. He could because be. then you're screwed. Yep. You don't just get that car either. It's no, the driver. No changing. No. <clears throat> Josh Berry. I will take Bubba Wallace. And who did Brett pick? Logano. Brett picks Denny Hamlin. Oh, interesting. Lambert, so who, who would you pick? Don't be TJ. <clears throat> no. <laughs> I mean, you, you're struggling already. Well, I want to know what happens if, say, for some instance, Chase does come back. I need to know what happens to this pick. Casey's I will tweet gets, out my new pick. She gets Josh Berry. She picked yeah. Josh Berry. No. So, no, or you don't, Casey, no, no, do you no, no, pick no. the nine car? No? No, you don't just get to pick the car. You like, No. Yeah. She, gets, oh, she, picked, she picked Josh Berry. I picked Josh. And if Josh doesn't win the race, I'm saying he's if not Josh doesn't back. race, she's basically out. I'm saying he's not coming back because I don't yeah, see how okay, he would possibly okay. come back I just for make Martinsville sure. when like he would want to wait for a track that's not as 
Like next week, Talladega? Yeah, I'm thinking he starts back, Talladega just starts and then replace somebody replaces. I think I would just come back That's after Talladega. I think I would just skip Talladega too. <laughs> Freddie, you picked yourself. I had confidence. I had jinx. My, my driver. I've won with Bubba at uh, DBC Picks of Bubba before. So we finally got a clean race under our belt. Last year when we did this, we kind of went on a little run. So hopefully we continue to do that. You're going to be home by halfway. I was, well, <laughs> you, still have, you still have the guy that I would have picked. Just so Who know. is that? Willie B. Willie B. Yeah, he's yeah, on a roll. I'm kind of saving him. Yeah, I don't, I'm saving him. I don't want to. I don't want to. I'm waiting on a penalty for him. You I don't, know he's going to hit a patch where he's not hot, though, <laughs> yeah. right? So well, I just, I'm just worried if I, I got to be careful because last year I picked Denny and he got disqualified. So I'm worried if I pick, well, I'm going to wait for this heat to die down on Hendrick a little bit before oh, yeah. I pick any that's, Hendrick that's, cars. That's true. <laughs> All right, well. Heading to Martinsville, what can we expect as we watch from home? Hopefully good racing. You know, the Martinsville packet with this new car was was pretty bad last year. Not, not going to pull any punches there. Um, the new package. And w- one thing I hated about last week, I felt like last week was dominated by Denny's appeal, colleague's appeal, and we never really talked about how great that Richmond race was. That was a really good Richmond race. I thought Richmond was good. You know, for, for what we've had in the past there, like, you know, during the week the stories were not about, you know, Great job by all these guys. Larson comes back from a pit road deal to win and all the, the stuff about Richmond. Everything was just about, you know, penalties from Richmond or appeals from before Richmond. Uh, so I hated that. But I thought Richmond was a really good race. There wasn't one dominant car. No. There was, you know, Denny drove from the teens almost. He, hell, he won the stage. Yeah. He went from at least probably 10th or 11th that stage all the way to the lead. Truist gets up there and leads. Larson led some. There was... Larson fell back a little bit at one point. There was just a lot of moving around, and it was actually, you know, the racetrack was pretty wide. Um, I, I really enjoyed watching that Richmond race. That yeah. was in the right direction. I'm hoping Martinsville. I'm hoping Martinsville trends that way too. You know, like this package was harder for them to drive at Richmond, I feel like, and it's hopefully that lends itself again to there. The same thing we've seen, but, you know, we talked about we beat to beat it to death on here. The shifting is an issue at Martinsville because if you make a mistake at well, Martinsville, someone was shifting to the dirt track last. Yeah, night. oh yeah. So that's another thing too. Like they're <laughs> shifting at a dirt track. Yeah, I had uh, Chris Wyndham was texting me during the race, kind of like I rely on people like that to when, I'm, when they're watching the race at home to if they see something with where the track is trending or or something that they might see Bubba doing wrong, like just text me and, and you know obviously Chris and I. Are, developed a pretty good friendship. So he was texting me during a race, like stuff he saw. And that was one of the things he's like, why are these idiots shifting? He's like, they're never using all this power. Like I don't understand what they're doing, especially when it's slicked off really at the end. But uh, yeah. So, but like we talked about here, if you make a mistake in Martinsville, now you just drop a gear and, and get all your drive back up off the corner. So, you know, that's going to still suck, but hopefully the racing is a little bit better. Hopefully it's a little more racy. And we see, I love, this is my favorite place to go spot. It's kind of where I grew up at. I've won modified races there. Obviously me and Bubba won some truck races there. Um, so this is one of my favorite places to go. It's a short drive. We get to kind of stay at our homes all week. So looking forward to it. Hopefully it's good and hopefully it's better than it was last year at least. Yeah. I do think this package will, it's in the right direction. So let's just hope it keeps going that way. And and anytime the harder these cars are to drive, the better show we get. Yeah, That's, I think it'll be way better than last year. Trucks are there, Xfinity's there, so you're gonna have three days, three nights of, of rubber being laid down. I understand weather. it's supposed to be in the nice. 80s. It looked really nice. Like More I really understand. <clears throat> Dude, when I yeah. typed Usually in the we weather, our ass off when I moment. typed in the weather, I, I was like, did I did I yeah. type in Miami? Did I hit I Homestead or something? I haven't looked at it myself, but they were talking about it's gonna be in the upper seventies 
yes, during it was, the day. And um, so maybe it takes rubber, makes it makes it definitely where you got to move around and find the, the clean racetrack. But um, hopefully it's a full weekend of, of great races. 70 on Friday, 40% chance of rain. 77 on Saturday, 40% chance of rain. Uh, 79 on Sunday, 40% chance of rain. So if you're in the area, make sure you come out to Martinsville. It should be Might a have to one. try them rain tires out. <laughs> and don't forget, you can catch us on Dirt Vision this week. It is free to register for and gains you access to every upcoming episode of DBC, along with thousands of hours of World of Outlaws and other great dirt racing content in the Dirt Vision vault. And I can tell you how many hours I've spent watching it, thanks to Chad. So I mean, speaking of Dirt Vision, if did anybody see that maneuver? Sheldon Hoddenshield, Hoddenshield pulled off on, I think that was Friday night. I mean, Friday. that yeah, race, Friday. that pass that he made to win that race Friday was ridiculous. So I, I retweeted a clip of it, but if you need any more reason than that to go subscribe, obviously you just have to register on Dirt Vision to, to get our show and it's free, but I don't know why you wouldn't sign up for their monthly or yearly package to watch them World Outlaw races because they are phenomenal. Uh, that race alone right there would have sold me on whatever it costs to, to yeah. watch that stuff for the year. So these guys race, I mean, I don't even know what their schedule is, 70, 80 times a year just just the yeah, outlaw like sprint cars. Races, yeah. Then you've got all the outlaw late models and stuff. So there's plenty of stuff. There's weekly stuff with Millbridge. There's there's plenty of stuff on there. But just go watch that video and tell me you can't. That doesn't sell you on at least getting a subscription for a month and and checking it out. But I mean, it's it's phenomenal action on there. Absolutely. He's like his father. Oh God! Just <laughs> they, somebody said and, it was like his dad's birthday or something yep, like that. Was and, it? And just just a reminder: the Dirt Vision uh, DBC listeners get fifty percent off their first month of Fast Pass using code DBC twenty three, and that's where you get to watch World of Outlaw races, just like the one you just mentioned. Um, and of course, top tracks like Millbridge <laughs> and Knoxville, Williams Grove. You know, I just had to throw in the Millbridge, uh, there, right, TJ? If you do watch Millbridge. Just look closely in the background. You'll see Casey running around somewhere. Chasing Chloe. Chasing Chloe or yep. Chad, one or the other. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, so, so, Of course, you can catch us also on YouTube and wherever you get your favorite podcast. Don't forget to share, like, comment. You know the drill. Thank you, Lambert, for filling in for our part-timer, Brett. Um, hopefully, he is missing us dearly. Where rain. is Brett? Where is he at? He was in Myrtle Beach. I hope it was freezing the whole oh, time. Oh, yeah. Well, he cold. couldn't make it back for the show? I mean, uh, nope. listen, he tweeted out, I haven't decided if I'm coming or not yet, so I guess he decided he wasn't like, coming. So it's just a choice every year. I don't know. I yep. guess he was hoping somebody was going to beg him to show up, and I don't. I don't. None of us did. So I'm not, I'm not going to be begging him. So. <laughs> Brett, hopefully we see you next week. Maybe, maybe. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, Martinsville is a long, narrow pit road. I mean, geez. <laughs> and on that note, have a great week, guys. Word. <laughs> see ya. Check out Dirty Mo Media on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Coming, Dirty Mo. You're going to do it. You're going to win it. You're going to win it.